What's a good example of Chicagoese? Like a word, a phrase. Is Jagoff quintessential Chicagoese? <laughs> Ah, that's a good one there. I, you know, for me, uh, you know, after doing this book too, I, I Chicagoese, you know, I think a lot of people think of it as that speech pattern we've talked about earlier with the this, that, these, and those. <laughs> you know, what makes Chicago the language unique? And for purposes of the book too, we just looked at it in terms of like what's a sh- good Chicago story. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would say Jagoff is definitely very Chicagoese. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carcon Carne. You know what? It's a good idea. I'm glad we got together to to go ahead and uh, talk about some food in the, in the book. It'd be great. Dennis Foley, uh, the man who gave the world the streets and Sandman's Guide to Chicago Eats all those years ago. <laughs> you are here. Uh, we are in the parking lot of Byron's in Wrigleyville, right by uh, Irving, and that is Sheridan. Irving and Sheridan. And in the back seat, as if that's that weren't enough, uh, the owner of Byron's, Mike Payne's in the back seat. How you doing? <laughs> we, we smuggled him out of the kitchen and threw him in the back. This is and awesome. He, he's got a dog ready to eat too. Oh my gosh, we've got uh, I've got a jumbo dog sitting in front of me that's calling out to me. But Dennis, I, I guess let's start with really what was the beginning for a lot of our relationships with you. The Streets and Sand Man's Guide to Chicago Eats. You worked for Streets and Sand. Streets and Sand. Yeah, you know when I was with them for a total of seven years. And I'm not with Streets and Sand now, but those were some of the, uh, you know, I had a great time working, you know, the camaraderie with the guys. But the best part of the day, as you might guess, was when we would uh, make plans of where we were going for lunch. And you detail the places that people like you and me go to. I, I, you know, I look at people standing in line on Randolph Street at the really expensive restaurants and think, those aren't the places for me. Yeah, the places for me are places like Byron's over here. Yeah, you know, Byron's was in the book too because I, I think they got one of the best dogs going. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's the kind of dog where you know they have more items to put on there. You can throw the old salad on the dog; it's a meal in itself. But you know, overall, the whole the book, the premise was you know these are mom pop places, regular Joe places that you could go and eat. You know, you're not going to find chains in the in the streets in Sandman book. You are so Chicago. I mean, all the way down, you've got the Chicago accent. You know that, right? <laughs> I got a little bit of it i had more when i went to school i went to college down in memphis and i had a lot more of the distatties and those back then <laughs> well and plus i'm sure when you work for streets and sand you had to say like streets and sand yeah. like yeah and you're hanging around the, like uh you know we had a uh, you know like you also have you know streets and sand but you have the uh c dot you know chicago <laughs> department of transportation or we used to call it the chicago department of tony and uh, you have all the guys we'd have to be talking with hey how you doing today how, <laughs> hey 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 use three guys the both of you come with me you know we had guys talking like that so it was a riot so all right so we'll throw the question to mike as well here we've got these hot dogs from byron's which seriously i, I can't believe we haven't started eating these yet I'm going to start with you, Dennis. What makes a good hot dog? Because, I mean, to the layman, all hot dogs are the same. Yeah, and I had a buddy of mine that owned a hot dog joint out on the south side. He was a you know, former catcher for the Cubs and the Cardinals. His name was Eric Pappas. And he uh, had a place called My Boy Jack's. And he said, you know, people think uh, making a hot dog is easy. He goes, it, it, believe me, it's it's much easier to screw up a hot dog. And to me, you know, I mean, he was right because I've had some bad hot dogs in a place like Byron's, you know, another place like out south too, like Fat Johnny's. You know, they take the dog, you get the nice bun that comes with it, and then, you know, 
know, uh, just the mustard, throw the relish on there, the onion, I like the uh, tomatoes, and then finish it off with the cucumbers or the pickles or like here at, uh, at Byron's, you get both. So it's the ingredients and then top it with that celery salt. And to me, that's a Chicago dog. All right. So, Mike, we're at your place. We're about to dig into Byron's hot dogs. As the owner, as someone whose life is all about hot dogs, what makes a good dog? Well, it all starts with the steam table, believe it or not. Meaning You what? have to have the, the right amount of water in the steam table, the right amount of flame underneath the bottom to keep everything hot because that is the key to a hot dog is, is having everything hot. From the time it comes out of the steam table till it hits your mouth is a very, the shorter the time, the better the, the better it is. A lot of people talk about the snap. That, is that important? A snap is, comes from a, a natural casing hot dog, but we have, our, we have our own distinct snap because we don't boil our hot dogs like a lot of places do. We steam under pressure our hot dogs, so we have our own distinct snap. But yes, it is important. Cool. All right, so we we should probably eat these. Oh, Byron, definitely. Byron's hot yeah, dogs. we got to dig in. I can't oh. disagree with that. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know what it says about me or Mike. I walk in, he's like, "Oh, you should try the jumbo dog." Yeah, Would have been okay with the regular hot dog. He's like, "Oh, you should go jumbo." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the jumbo looks good though. It's got a the the, the regular dog's good, but that one definitely. Yeah. You look like a guy who could take a jumbo. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, it doesn't even fit on the bun. Look at this. It's like a forearm coming off the edges on you there. It's a forearm stashed inside a bun. There it is. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, the dog is very flavorful. The dog cuts through the veggies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dog is. That's the best part, but those veggies give that good accent to it. Well, it's got fresh veggies, you know, and it, uh, you, t- you get you, you feel that as you eat it, but the dog definitely is what controls. Well, the Chicago dog is perfect in that you get all those flavors and textures. You get the, the, the crunch of the pickle, and you get the sweet of the relish, and it, it's all beautifully balanced. Mm. It's yes. like a it's like a ballet in a bun, really. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard the ballet in a bun line before, but I like that one. All right, so Dennis, you are an author. You are prolific. You are a creative soul. Chicago is so very much a part of everything you do, really. Uh, your new book project, We Speak Chicagoese, is a collection of stories and poems about, you guessed it, Chicago. Yeah, and it's all you know by Chicago writers too. And I mean, it's kind of funny because. You know, we're here eating a hot dog, and that's about as much of a Chicago thing as you can get. Mm-hmm. And I am, by the way. I was talking with Mike. If you put if you put ketchup on your dog, you should be slapping yourself when you eat a hot dog. <laughs> All right, why is that? Why, guys? Well, help yeah, me. I, I like I'll, if I'm eating a hot dog around the house. I make myself. I'll just put a little ketchup on a plate and eat it plain. Mm-hmm. But if I'm getting all the ingredients in the in the bun with with everything, I like it with you know with just the mustard. I, I don't know, Mike. Is there like the rule that it kind of makes it taste better? Or? There's a there's a there is a it makes it taste it changes the taste of the of the mixture of like you said of all the all the ingredients that are on a hot dog, so if you put ketchup in there it's just too sweet then mm-hmm. it takes away from everything else. Besides, <clears throat> even though we know there's a lot of people that that do like the K word, yeah, <laughs> we we we've we've come to the conclusion that. We call it red mustard now. <laughs> so that way we don't have to look the other way when we put the K word on your hot dog. <laughs> I was telling Mike that the, you know, right out just under the uh, the underpass there, uh, the viaduct over by White Sox Park. I don't know what to call it now, so I'll just call it White Sox Park. 
but uh yeah, that's really the best solution yeah. at this point and uh there's a little hot dog joint there i forget the name of it but it's a little red building and they get good shrimp in there too but the hot dog if you order it with ketchup you have to go over to the corner and they have a a, a ketchup bella shame that you have to it's uh, amazing first but it's yeah, better but, than a dunce cap though yeah for sure <laughs> yep glass half full mm-hmm. i have a 10 year old girl and when we go out for hot dogs she wants her ketchup her hot dog only ketchup and I always need to quickly like explain to whoever's behind the counter. It's for my ten year old girl. So they don't I, believe you do right, they? Right, right. Yeah, you, you got It's not for me, it's for gotta, her. Yeah, you gotta make her, that clear. Sure. Her hot, do- her hot dog palette's not that refined. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, I need to apologize for it. All right, so we speak Chicagoese. Where, where did this idea come from? Was it something you figured, oh, I just have to do this? And you know what I was saying, too, like the Chicago dog being such a part of the Chicago culture, this book, it's like, uh, you know, the writers, that all these stories in here are about Chicago, you know, some place, whether it's the north side, south side, something over on the east side, but they're from every little corner of Chicago, mm-hmm. and these are Chicago guys, and you know, we've got some big names in here, too, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Rick Kogan from the uh, Tribune and WGN, you've got Stuart Dyer. Who's arguably, you know, the the best short story writer in our area, but also perhaps in the nation. Just you know, talented group guys, young guys like Joe Mino and, mm-hmm. and Patty McNair. Just they're all writing Chicago stories, and it has that kind of, uh, you know, it's got that Chicago bite to it because there's some grit to it too. Well, the the story that opens the entire book talks about taking field trips, <laughs> field trips to the prison. <laughs> and to the slaughterhouse. Right. Yeah, can you imagine as a kid, you're, uh, you know, it was back in the days when Stuart Dybeck, it's his story, and the nuns take him to over to Cook County Jail because this is where some of you are going to end up anyways. And then... Uh, and they're exposed to, like, prostitutes. And- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that what that trip didn't go so well, so the nuns decided the next year to take him to the slaughterhouse <laughs> to watch animals killed instead. Right. <laughs> only, really? only in Chicago. Religion's wow. a tough racket, man. <laughs> And for the record, I love Byron's hot dogs so much, I'm wearing them home. Yeah. Nice little mustard stain on their shirt there. Mustard, yep, mustard Jim. and relish. Yep. It, it, yeah. I get to really show off my, my dinner tonight. This is great. It's we, a sign of a good meal. I mean, my wife uh, is always complaining about you know how, many, uh, how much stuff she has to spray on my shirts after the meals to <laughs> clean them up. So. And we haven't even uh, broken into the fries yet. Yeah, right, right, right. We, we, we yep. still have some work to do. And I'm drinking Green River. I'll tell my Byron story. <laughs> Last summer, um, I did a, a stage show, They're like a kind of a late-night TV talk show concept at Uptown Underground in Uptown. And our post-show, our official post-show destination was Byron's on Lawrence. After every show, we'd kind of recap what it, you know what we did what worked what didn't and we would sit down we get a polish and a green mm. river mm. and that, that it's actually a very fond memory for me it's going to byron's on uh, lawrence and i like uh, you know throw the green river it's fun when you have it around the house too and throw a little ice cream in there the green river float yeah do the float to call it the shamrock shake whatever you want to call it the green cow the green cow cow, absolutely (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, some other stories in we speak chicagoese on the erio this is this to me is like quintessential chicago i mean i guess everything in your book is quintessential chicago dennis but uh, this idea of just chicago corruption institutionalized and kind of a secretive bar where the bartender overhears everything, every corrupt politician's deal breaking and your deal making and stuff. I love that. 
Yeah, and that, that's, uh, <clears throat> that was written by a, a gentleman by the name of Mike Houlihan. And, you know, Mike's a very funny guy. He had a play going east on Ashland years ago that uh, was a one-man play. It was a big hit. And, you know, but then it's like he takes his turn in this story here because this is not a funny story. No, it it's goes a, dark pretty quick. <laughs> and it lets you know that um, here he is. It's uh, Danny O'Neill, who's the bartender, like you said, at the Heidi Ho Bar over in the old Bismarck Hotel. And it is Chicago because he hears about the connections and what's going on, and, and that's what the story's about. Yeah, that's a favorite. And I got to say, and I swear I'm not just saying this because you edited the book and you're in my car, but uh, Pretty Please, <laughs> I think, is also a standout. Well, thanks. I, I, I had a, an opportunity to have a story of mine in there that was great. Um, I, you know, we, we have the uh, release party coming up on Saturday, and someone asked me if I'm going to read Pretty Please, and I said, no, you know, as the editor, I'm going to read a couple of the poems by other people mm-hmm. that can't be there but pretty pleased i had a blast with because you know without getting into too much uh with the story it, there's a, a a grandfather with some secrets right and there, and there were some uncomfortable like sexual things going on in there too. yeah there was a little bit of stuff there that might make <laughs> someone go hey ho i don't know if i want to keep going but uh, i think it's worth it to turn the page but you know my own grandfather was a uh, we didn't know about it while i was alive he's a very quiet great guy and when he died all of a sudden uh, at his wake and funeral you know these two guys show up with the flag of the Irish Republican Army, and we find out that he had been a gun runner and had been uh, imprisoned twice, and they had to bust him out, and that's how he got over to America. Oh my God! Wow! So <laughs> I, I, I kind of took that and kind of gave those attributes to the grandfather, and pretty pleased, and then you know kind of rolled it into a, a different thing, and had a fun, you know, had a fun time putting it together. That story in itself would make me want to read the book. Yeah, <laughs> it, it truly, it's extraordinary. And anyone who's lived here for any amount of time should pick up this book because you will recognize characters, streets, attitudes, behaviors. I mean, they're all there. Yeah, and, and, and thanks, Jim. I appreciate you saying that, too. And, you know, there's a poem, and there's a number of poems in there that I really like, but, you know, you get flavor from all over the city. And one of my favorites, too, there's a poem in there by a young poet, Southside guy, and it's called Inglewood. And it just has this great kind of like a beat to it, like a four beats per line, four lines per stand, and it kind of per stanza, and it comes at you like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Just really powerful stuff. It's interesting. I, I finished reading the book this past weekend uh, and one of the last stories in the book timed out with with the calendar as, I, as I'm reading the book uh, how a Muslim feels about 9-11 right it, right. it was like almost eerie I turned the page and you know I'm looking at the calendar and the, the national conversation turned to 9-11 and there's that story in your book yeah, that, I mean, that is pretty wild because, you know, I, I hadn't even thought of that. But, yeah, it was, it's right there this time. And uh, that's uh, uh, written by an author. Her name is uh, Maja Bean Syed. And she was just a little kid, you know, back when, the you know, the 9-11 happened. And she kind of tells a great story about, you know, how it made her feel to have all the eyes on her at school and what it felt like. Uh, because she's an American, but, you know, she kind of felt very different after the attacks on the, you know, the World Trade Center. And in this election year, can't we all agree, Mike Payne for president, a hot dog in every... <laughs> I like it. Well, hey, I think that's a great choice. So. <laughs> It'll make things so much easier for a lot of us. It'll be a lot more organized, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, America, do you like Polish sausage? Damn right you do. Vote Mike. <laughs> that's, that, that's, how, that's the campaign slogan. Let's make this happen, America. <laughs> Uh, so, Dennis, how, were people eager to contribute? Did you have to twist any arms? Did people have some of these stories just in their kind of bank ready to 
pull out for the right occasion. And, and some of these stories in here, <clears throat> I mean, it took a little while to get it going. This was a, you know, not like you're working on it every day, but, you know, I worked on it along with a buddy of mine, uh, Bill Donlin, who's the co-editor. And it was good having Bill involved because I'm a Chicago guy. He's not. So he kind of, I got the Chicago lens and he can look at it from an mm-hmm. outsider's point of view and say, hey, you know. I you complement each other. Yeah, I think that'll kind of relate to people, you know, not just in Chicago, but everywhere. So it took almost three years to put it together. I but, believe uh, it. But once we started getting a couple of the bigger names in there, you know, uh, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, 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 oh. I'd send out a, you know, uh, a contact to somebody and say, hey, uh, we're still waiting to hear if you'd like to submit a piece to this. By the way, you know, Stuart Dybeck's in here and right. Joe Mino's in here. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I have something for you. So we didn't have anybody that said no, but we did have a few no responses. Okay. How much uh, archival stuff did you pull? I mean, the the legendary, the the very Chicago Carl Sandburg right. pieces in there. Yeah, it was really cool because you know, I mean, uh, I wanted this book too to have to cover you know a good deal of time. So because that you know gives the Chicago flavor from the early 1900s on up to the modern day, and yeah, uh, you know, so you have the a Carl Sandburg poem in there. We have a story in there by uh, a guy uh, you know from the like the mid 1900 or mid 19 oh, 1915 or so Ben Reitman, who was a famous guy back in his time. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a pretty interesting guy, but he was a doctor that uh, basically took care of the prostitutes and the uh, hobos here in Chicago in his time. And he was a hobo himself and traveled the country. But uh, there's a great story in there by uh, a guy that I really think is a talented writer, once again going back in time, but it's by uh, Sherwood Anderson. And it's, uh, you know, it's called Brothers, and it takes place... You know, he, he calls it out in the country. It's actually what would be present-day Palos Park. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're talking about taking care of the prostitutes and hobos. There's something about certain periods of Chicago that just completely hook me in. I, I think of the uh, Karen Abbott book, Sex in the Second City, mm-hmm. which was about that era of, you know, politicians hanging out in brothels all day long. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things. I, I, I've been doing a lot of research just for a future project, but this uh, Reitman guy really got me going. You know, like uh, there was that whole area that they had uh, what was called the Dill Pickle Club back in the 1915s or so up through the early 1930s. And it's where it's kind of like that. It's where politicians, poets, anarchists, hobos, you know, uh, the um, a little bit of the underbelly, some higher ups. There was all these guys came in there and it was all about, you know, there was uh, wasn't a booze place. It was coming in and people would get up on the old soapbox. It was right outside of Bug House Square there just around the corner and they would read stories argue uh, points go ahead and put on little plays and you had that same kind of uh, you know setup that you're that you were talking about from that book all right so your book is available yeah and it's out there in the, uh, the various bookstores in Chicago um, you can get it uh, and uh, you can get it online like through Amazon you know the, the side street press is the uh, publisher it's always good to support the little guys Agreed. and that's uh, that's run by uh, by Bill Donlin and uh, you know so yeah anywhere you want to pick it up you can get it uh, a couple of the places I'll throw a little you know a little hoot to them but out my way out in the Beverly area bookies uh, bookstore at a hundred and a third and artesian has it the Newberry library 
Missouri has it down, you know, in the uh, kind of like near north area. And then out uh, south or out north, you have Quimby's over in Bucktown. Mm-hmm. And then just another number of the other independent stores in the area. It was just in your area like two weeks ago. I was at Top Notch. Mm. Oh, you get the good burger in there. Oh, my God. I love burger. the milkshakes there, though. That's, didn't uh, didn't the have milkshakes. a shake because I, I saved my ice cream for a trip to Rainbow Cone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a bad deal no, either. So. that worked out okay. I, I will say we speak Chicagoese. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it's great for anyone who lives in Chicago, but if you have friends or family who've moved from Chicago, you know, instead of sending them the bucket of Garrett popcorn that a lot of people <laughs> do to give them a taste of home, this is a great way to kind of make them feel connected to the city again. I love this book. Yeah, and uh, I have a kid. I, I taught high school. I, I coached in high school for a pretty close to 20 years and then um, I taught for five of those years but I have a student uh, that was uh, you know a kid that's now over teaching in Japan and I sent him the uh, Chicago East book because I want he he definitely needed to get a little taste of home all right let's eat some of these Byron's fries (laughs) all right so Mike can't help but notice when you walk into Byron's here on Irving Park Road there it is on the wall giant picture of you with President Barack Obama I, I'm pretty sure that there aren't many hot dog places in Chicago that have similar pictures on the wall. How did that happen? What happened? Uh, we It started back in two, June of 2010. I got a phone call that uh, asked me if I wanted to have... First of all, it was going to be that the president was going to come to Byron's. But the, they changed their mind about that. I think the, the Secret Service had something to do with it. They, uh, they well, This is a small establishment. Like, I don't think there's enough room for all the Secret Service that follows the president around here. <laughs> it's small, but it's got a big heart. That's right. So anyways, we, uh, I, unbeknownst to me, they, they um, decided to change their mind, and they wanted us to come to the White House to, uh, well, we, en- we had to go there to tell them how to make hot dogs, Chicago-style hot dogs the right way. Hmm. because That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, they were going to boil the hot dogs, and, and I had to tell them, you cannot boil hot dogs, not our hot dogs. So we went there, and um, we were there for three days. And the way it, the way it happened was they decided they were going to have a picnic for all the uh, congressmen and the senators and the House of Representatives and their families. And one of the items of food that they wanted to serve, because Barack Obama's from Chicago, was Chicago-style hot dogs. And they had a committee to decide all of this stuff. And Senator Dick Durbin was on the committee, and he's a Byron's customer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just shows you how smart he is. <laughs> and uh, the, so he, he said, "Well, if you do want, if you want to do Chicago-style hot dogs, you have to call Byron's." So they called me, and we went. Uh, my I brought well, my. Originally, they weren't going to let me bring my wife, but I kept nagging them and nagging them. You know how things go like that. I nagged them, and finally they agreed to let her come. Yeah, that just made your life I, easier. Yeah, right, yeah. all the way around. <laughs> so it was it was a wonderful thing for us. We were there for three days in the kitchen at the White House. We got to go everywhere in the White House, and we worked with the executive chef of the White House to, to prepare the hot dogs, how to cut the lettuce and how to cut the cucumbers and tomatoes and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, a, it was an experience I'll never forget. And I, th- I think you're, what you started out with when you said that you don't think there's too many hot dog stands in Chicago that have that. Uh, I think there's only one. <laughs> and we're there. Yeah. We we're yep. in the parking lot of that hot dog. Joint. Right. That's amazing. Hey, so. and, and Jim and Mike, you know, one thing I did want to 
let the folks know too is it's pretty cool you know we're here that the cover of the Chicago East mm -hmm. book is actually um, from a photograph taken pretty much where we're sitting right here in the car right now um, going from the back of the from the parking lot at Byron's up at the uh, Sheridan L stop mm -hmm. here and then the uh, you know, and if I can throw a plug at him, it was actually my son, Pat, who's a graphic designer. It looks great. And oh, uh, wow. he, he went ahead and took the photograph then and then illustrated off of it and created the cover. And that's uh, that's the shot right here from the back of Byron's going into the uh, parking lot in the uh, L-Stop. It's pretty cool because I like it because it's got that good Chicago pretty up top because we got mm -hmm. some great things in Chicago. And then you have a little bit of the grittiness underneath in the L-Track. darkness below, yeah. Right, right. Love. That's what I call Chicago ease. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, that's our, our city's beautiful, but you know we also have some grit too. You know. That's for sure. What's mm -hmm. a good example of Chicago ease? Like a word, a phrase? Is Jagoff quintessential <laughs> Chicago ease? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. There, I, you know, for me, uh, you know, after doing this book too, I, I Chicago ease. You know, I think a lot of people think of it as that speech pattern we've talked about earlier with the this, that, these, and those. <laughs> you know, what makes Chicago the language unique? And for purposes of the book, too, we just looked at it in terms of, like, what's a sh good Chicago story. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would say Jagoff is definitely very chicago <laughs> <laughs> So, So, Mike, uh, what, give me some Byron's history. The, the, this place has been around for a long time. Yeah. The, this Places have come and gone in this in this neighborhood over by Sheridan and Irving. Byron's is still standing. Yeah, that's it's it's amazing. We, we started back in the open May 10th. 1975, and uh, Byron and I, I helped build it. And Byron, there is a, there was a man named Byron, who unfortunately has passed away. But he, uh, <clears throat> he, he and I got together because he had a different restaurant that I used to deliver milk to, and because I delivered milk there, we became friends. And he found out, and Dennis, I think you'll take interest in this yeah. one. He found out that I worked at a place called Tasty Hasty. I don't know if either of you are aware mm -hmm. of that. No, no. But that was on Milwaukee Avenue, fifty-four forty-six North Milwaukee was the address, believe okay. it or not. And I started there in 1965. Anyways, Byron realized that I had that, that, that kind of experience, and he says, I always wanted to open a hot dog stand. So that's how we got together. We were, became oh, very neat. good friends while I was delivering milk, and he decided he wanted to open a hot dog stand, and he used me as the manager, and I showed him how to set up the front counter just like Tasty Hasty used to be. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, 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 Mike, how, how many Byrons are there now? Then? Well, there are two. There's two Byrons right now. The, the original one, which is the one where we're eating right now mm -hmm. with uh, our ears ringling by the L over here. That, that's and authentic Chicago going yeah. on right there. Mm -hmm. And there's the, the one on Lawrence Avenue, a uh, block west of Ashland. Gotcha. There have been other stores in between all these times, but there's, these are the two. And they're, by the way, they're the first two, and they're still stand, like, they're still going pretty strong. Yeah, that's that's great. awesome. And these fries are really good. And yeah. I'm saying this as a compliment. There's just the right amount of salt. Yeah. They're, they're salty. Like, they're just awesome. And you know, one of the things I can't stand is you, you go into a place and you get your your fries, you take off, you leave, and then you find out that they didn't salt them at all. Oh. There's a lot of people there. Especially they if don't you're driving. Salt. It's like if you're driving for up. a while and you're stuck in the car eating and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if I had known there was no salt, I would have grabbed some packages. I'm going to finish but... these, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy about it. You remember the line in Lethal Weapon 2, don't you? <laughs> you always get fucked in the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> I gotta say, of the three of us, I didn't expect Mike to be the first one to swear in this episode. <laughs> Wait a minute, you said Jagoff already. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna still consider Jagoff a swear word too. So <laughs> is Jagoff a swear word? I think so. Uh, you asshole. In Chicago, it is. <laughs> That's really not. A swear and Chicagoans really say it with such, <laughs> such style. You Jagoff. <laughs> hey, let's all give a good one. A good one. Hey, you're, that guy's a Jagoff. <laughs> Mike, you got one for us? That guy's a Jagoff. <laughs> This is the most Chicago episode of my Chicago podcast to date. I blame you, Dennis Foley. Thank God for editors. Editors? This is a podcast. Foley's the one with the editors. I got nothing. Hey, can I I throw one little food plug out there just Mm -hmm. because I... There's this guy I met a while ago. I just I, maybe you've been here, Mike. I don't know, but it's a beef joint. I like their beef sandwiches over at uh, Brothers Beef. No, I never. So heard. it's it's over like uh, Armitage, right off of uh, what is it? Right off of uh, Halstead. There, block. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, nice little joint. It's owned by these two guys, Johnny and Donnie Pop. And I tell you, it's a uh, good beef, but it cracks me up because they're in there sometimes. Sometimes they're not. And, and Donnie, he's the uh, older brother. He's got a head. That's about as big as this car. Wow. It looks like it, you know, he looks like if you chopped it off, you'd put it up on Mount Rushmore. It would fit right in. But uh, good beef sandwiches. Yep. So I just wanted to give them a little plug because I had their beef the other day, too. Uh, Dude, I just went to uh, Johnny's in Elmwood Park, Elmwood Park for my first mm. time. They have good beef, too. Oh, yeah. Man, they do. And I looked at the menu when I walked in. I thought I was looking at, like, a retro menu on the wall. It's dirt cheap. Like milkshakes are like a buck seventy-five there, wow. and you know that's in the streets in Sandbook too. And it's funny because I have people go, "Well, why is that place in there?" You know, that's 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 out Not of the city. Not even Chicago, and right? It's like, well, hey, you know what? Sometimes we like to venture out of the city and go to other places. Like uh, we used to go to Chuck's. Uh, I don't know if you ever been to Chuck's uh, Southern Comforts Cafe over in in, um, in Burbank. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I'm a barbecue fanatic. Just really, really good food in there, like Southern style. Food. Best so. barbecue in the city. Uh, you know what? I I, I got to jump out of the city and head out to Palis Heights. There's a little place called, uh, it's at 127th and Narragansett, okay, called Smoky Joe's. And these two brothers in there have, uh, I, get, I get the two meats when I go there. They give me hot link and they give me uh, the uh, just the barbecue uh, pulled pork. It always comes back to sausage, sides. doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's excellent because, you know, Chuck says good stuff too. Years ago, just think there there weren't many barbecue joints at all. Oh, we're in a barbecue renaissance right now. Yeah, I mean, I I went to school, college down in Memphis, so I learned to like the barbecue. So I look hard for the places around here for good barbecue. So I I road trip to Memphis a couple years ago just because I figured we'd eat well while we're there, Mm -hmm. and we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we can go backwards for a minute, I. You guys both talked about beef. I want to challenge you both to someday. I know we've already eaten tonight, but someday come back and get a Byron's beef too, because we're pretty proud of it. We, I, we, challenge we make our own. And you know what's, what's funny, Mike, too, because I every time I come in here, I'm such a dog fanatic. I always get the dog yeah. here, and I've yeah. never tried the beef. But yeah, I'd love to try the beef too. That's See, great. and I do the same thing, Dennis. I'll go to a place and I'll order what I think is the signature, like yeah. the thing you yeah. gotta get. Right, right. And I, when I think Byron's, I think hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. But if you, if you're well, doing I can't your own blame you for that. Yeah, <laughs> and, but I, I've been here too, like you're saying. I might be ordering my dog, but I'll see other people ordering up the burgers mm. or the beef. Or, right. You know, I mean, you got the chicken sandwiches and stuff in there too. So you know, I mean, I, I've you know, I've seen those coming out. I just uh, I've I've always got the dog here, but the beef sounds good. Oh yeah, yeah n- nothing like that that beef with the wet 
French roll. Right. The, yep. Yeah. The and the jardinier. And I, I like when you get the beef and you start eating it. I like to throw the fries underneath. And yes, you do. Go ahead and let that. Uh, that it's uh, like a poor man's poutine, go really. Let the gravy yeah. go ahead and fall off into it. Dennis Foley, uh, we should do this again. Ah, oh, this is great. This we should fun. we should tour the city together. I really, it, you are the guy when it comes to food. Uh, the new book, We Speak Chicagoese, love it. I mean, Thanks. Again, this is this speaks to everything, every person, every personality, every neighborhood we've known and experienced. Great work on the book. I know. I'm yeah. going to go buy it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm going to bring one by for you, Mike. Don't worry about buying it. But, uh, yeah, no, you know what? It was my pleasure, too. People said, oh, p- folks said to me, hey, that's great. You got a story in there. And I said, you know, that I, I really, it's fun having a story, but I, I, you know, so much more, you know, feel so much more proud of the fact that I was able to help gather these stories from these really good writers and help put it together and along with Bill Nyland and just kind of place them in there and say, hey, that, you know, we had a, a, a pretty, you know, nice role in getting everything kind of taken care of and having a book that i think chicagoans will be proud of and if i learned anything from the show you're not a jag off yeah. hey mike's <laughs> not a jag off either yeah. hey, you jag offs better not spill in my car <laughs> oops sorry Don't, about that hey hey, hey the, the, the both of you is you better stop that now hey if you jag off spill relish on the back seat of my car <laughs> hey, hey well, well, I'm just at least stop. i wiped up the mustard i'm just gonna throw some relish on your shirt to give you a few more stains there jim Oh, I got some already over by there. <laughs> Guys, thank you. Okay. Oh, this was great. Thanks for having me on.